Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a climbing coach, business coach, and brain rewiring certified coach. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things climbing, business growth, and brain rewiring from a holistic point of view. You can hear more from me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You can find freebies for training for climbing, building your business, and brain rewiring over there. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so pumped about today's topic. I have been so excited about podcasting lately. I feel like the ideas have literally just been flowing out of me. It feels so good to be in that flow state and I've been wanting to talk about this topic for a while and lately I've just been giving myself permission to come up with different topics and ideas and trust that when the timing is right, they're going to just pour out of me and this one absolutely did. So we're going to be talking all about money mindset. I'm going to be sharing my story of why I thought, which is like funny to me now, but why I thought hitting six figures would heal and fix my relationship with money. And then when it didn't, what I actually did to heal and fix that relationship with money. I think it's going to be a really amazing episode for you to listen to. Even if you are not a business owner, I think that this has a lot of application just as a human being in this world. So first of all, let's do some updates. So if you haven't signed up for the 22-day free meditation challenge yet, I would highly suggest it. We are getting started January 1st of 2022. There's so much energy around the number two. I knew I had to do a 22-day challenge. We have over 75 amazing individuals signed up for this challenge already, and I cannot wait to lead this group through daily video lessons, daily guided meditations, journal prompts, and so much more. You know all those things that they say about meditation, like, oh, you'll be more calm, you'll be more thoughtful, mindful, present. Yeah, they're all true. You just have to get into a routine of actually meditating enough for as many days in a row as it takes for you to create the habit. It's this idea of consistency. And I know for myself, I really couldn't stay consistent with meditation until I found guided meditations and not just any guided meditations. Like I didn't really want like general ones like, oh, notice the noises in the park or, you know, whatever. I really wanted ones that were a little bit more tailored to where I was at, not only in my spirituality, but my business and just a lot of self-development. So this is the flavor that we're going to be taking in the 22-day meditation challenge. It's called Expand. I am so excited to announce it. I I literally can't wait for this. I mean, we're still a couple of weeks away and I am getting all the ideas down. I'm writing them down, planning it out. It's going to be incredible. So if you haven't joined yet, the link will be in the show notes. It's absolutely free and it's totally self-paced. So you can go back to any of the meditations. If you miss any of the lessons, if you're busier, you will retain lifetime access to it. So I would highly recommend signing up, even if you know you're going to be a little bit busier in the beginning of the year. And I will also say that sometimes taking, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes to meditate is actually the best thing that we can do for ourselves. So I'm so excited for this. Okay, let's start to talk about today's topic. So with money, oh my god, you know I absolutely love talking about money by now. I've talked about it a lot on this show. It's one of my still most downloaded episodes ever is how to start 
healing your relationship with money, how to improve your money mindset. So when I first started my business, I didn't even like, it's not to say I didn't have goals. I definitely did. I didn't even know six figures was a thing really because it seemed so far out there. I mean, at the time I was living paycheck to paycheck from my nine to five job and I just really never had that much money personally. I grew up quite privileged. And for me, myself, on my own journey, I just like I didn't know how to handle money. And as soon as it came in, it went out. And it was just always this huge source of stress in my life. So I didn't really understand like, what the fuck is six figures? It's kind of like, you know, you think of the the amount a billion and you're like, I actually like don't even know what that is. Like, I don't know how to conceptualize it. And it doesn't really make sense to me. That's what six figures felt like to me. So when I started to really pay attention to, oh my God, what am I doing in my business? Kind of like mid 2020, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to hit six figures. I uh, actually didn't even know that was possible. What is What does that mean? And then I was like, okay, well, I have this really tense, we'll call it relationship with money right now. Maybe if I hit six figures, that'll just fix it. It'll go away. I'll finally feel safe with money. I'll feel good with money. It'll just, you know, fix everything. Poof. You know, we, we do things like that all the time. We kind of just like hang everything up on this one hook and we're like, okay, that's the thing that's going to fix everything. And, you know, turns out it didn't. Shocker, shocker, super surprise. When I ended up hitting six figures and multiple six figures inside my business in 2020, yeah, it nothing actually changed. My mindset was still the exact same. My relationship with money was still really stressful. You know, I'd done a little bit of work in 2020, but it really wasn't until I started gathering all of these different tools that really made such a huge difference. And for me, the more that I talk about money, the more that I empower my clients and other people to talk openly and transparently about money, the more I feel like the healing process works. So again, no surprise that my relationship with money didn't change at all when I actually, you know, put no effort into it. But in this episode, I actually want to share 11 things that really started to make a big difference for me and my relationship with money. So I think that this this thing, this relationship with money, it's an ongoing, ever-changing constantly evolving relationship. It's not like, oh, I healed it. I fixed it. It's done. It's how can I continue to return to these practices? And with business, I say this a lot. It's new level, new devil. I mean, the same thing can be for income, for revenue, for maybe you get a job raise or a promotion and all of a sudden you're making more money and these thoughts come in like imposter syndrome or, oh my God, how are you, what are you going to do with that money? Or now all of a sudden you're looking into investing and crypto and gosh, there's just, there's so many different things. So you can feel some of that pressure, that stress. So just reminding yourself that it's, it's not an end point. It's not an end destination that it really is like, how can we continually return to these practices and start to work on some of these different elements and You know, I'm going to be sharing 11 things, but I'm not saying, hey, work on all 11 of these things at once. These are just 11 of the tools that have really, really helped me. And if one of them resonates or calls to you more or you're like, hey, I've already been doing that, then fuck yeah. You know, like it really is. It's like different pieces of the puzzle that can come together to really provide a lot of clarity, a lot more calm around money. So I'm going to go ahead and get into these. So the first ones I'm going to start with are 
ones that are a little bit more, we'll call it approachable. I don't want to say like beginner or basic, but these are actually the starting points that I used when I was first starting down this journey of starting to heal my relationship with money. So one of my absolute all-time favorite tools, you probably know this already, is journaling. Holy shit, what a game changer. I really, really do believe that we are incredibly smart and that we don't just complain to complain. So if we use a journal to, let's say, vent, to write things down, our fears, we naturally tend to come up with solutions inside that journal entry. It can be a really beautiful tool for self-reflection, for, I mean, essentially coming up with, wow, I actually think that? Like, those are my thoughts. Like, I'm actually writing them down on paper and now I can't escape them. That's truly what I think. And, you know, no judgment there. It's, it's just noticing, like, okay, those are the thoughts that are in my head. No wonder I might have this, you know, more strained relationship with money. So I really love journaling. There are tons of different journal prompts that you can use here that can be really helpful while you're trying to improve your relationship with money. Journal prompts like, do you compare your financial situation to anyone else's? Are you jealous? Why? Another one could be, is there something that you could be doing to make you more money, yet you're afraid to get started because of fear? I absolutely love that one because fear holds us back in so many different ways. And another example could be, what do you value the most in life? This actually helps you get really clear on what are my core values as a person, and then that can actually help you direct where do I want to put my focuses and priorities in terms of spending, investing, saving, things like that? So I absolutely love journaling. If you are somebody that really does resonate with journal prompts, I would highly recommend using them. But you can also just do free writing as well. So this is just like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to describe my current relationship with money. If money were a person, how would I describe that relationship? Does it feel like, oh man, it's such a party when they're here and then I'm like kind of sad and depressed when they're gone? Does it feel kind of toxic to you? Does it feel really stressful? Does it feel like there's just a lot of pressure around it? Describe that relationship and really start to get clear on like, what am I feeling? What is essentially the energy that I have surrounding money? And I think sometimes tying it to something a little bit more tangible like a relationship can actually help you gain a ton of of insight into how you truly feel surrounding money. So another one of my favorite tools is affirmations. I used these for years before I even started my business. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I remember writing in my journal time and time again, I am a money magnet. I'm a money magnet. Money loves me. I am abundance. And I, at the time, I was like, I don't believe these. These are not true. Is that, you know, the ego, the little voice in the back of my head that was like, you're bullshitting yourself and you know it, you are not a money magnet, but I kept writing them. And you know what happened is I actually started to believe it. It took a little bit, but I actually started to internalize this messaging because our brains do not know the difference between perception and reality. So if I am literally writing on the page like so many times, I am a money magnet, I am a money magnet, and I'm staring at that and I'm taking that in, my brain is like, all right, I guess we're a money magnet. So we're going to seek out opportunities to actually become a money magnet and to actually start to draw more things in. So I just gave a couple of examples of affirmations that I really like. So that was ones, I am a money magnet, I am abundance, money loves me, money flows to me easily and effortlessly. Those are some of my favorite ones. I also really like a few others like I am open and receptive to all the wealth life brings me. The more I focus on joy, the more money I will make. I attract money to give to others. Money is abundant. I attract it naturally. Money is pouring into my life. 
everything I need to build wealth is available to me right now, just for some examples. And I went over a lot of these actually in the free money mindset workshop that I held a couple of months ago. So if you want to snag that replay, I will be sure to link it in the show notes. This was a really powerful workshop. I got messages from participants for weeks after this saying how transformative this workshop was. So if you're interested in doing more money mindset work, I would highly recommend checking that free workshop out. It was really, really powerful and really impactful. So I absolutely love affirmations. I think that you can use them in a number of different ways. Like I said, you can write them down, but you can also speak them back to yourself. So you can record yourself saying it and then play it back to yourself. You can write it on post-it notes, sticky notes, leave it around. You can create something like a vision board if you are a little bit more creative in that sense. So the next one I want to talk about is stopping talking about money with people who have a negative money mindset. So people that are really stuck in their ways and their views with money and you kind of like leave the conversation in a little bit of a lower energy mood and or you know their negative money mindset is rubbing off on you. So we all know these types of people that are totally stuck in scarcity mindset and you're just like, oh my god, like this is like overwhelmingly negative. So I would really, really suggest finding people that share a similar mindset on money, a growth mindset as you and talking with those people about money. You know, I'm not saying just like stop talking to the people with a negative money mindset altogether. I'm just saying maybe don't talk about money. Maybe don't talk about the next course or mentor you're going to hire. Maybe you don't talk about that big investment that you've been saving up for, like a car or a house. Maybe you just don't have those types of conversation with those people, and that will be really protective of your own energy. For me, when I stopped engaging in people who are literally committed to scarcity mindset, it changed a lot of things for me. I don't need to force my views on everyone. It's, you know, that's not my path. That's not my purpose, and I think a lot of us, you know, once we find kind of like this new way of doing things, I'll put that in quotes, we're so excited about it. It's like finding a new way of eating that works for us. You know, we want to tell the world. We're like, actually, this is such a better way to be and exist. And we almost try to like force our own beliefs onto other people. But we can't do that if somebody else isn't ready. They're not going to be able to hear you and you're constantly going to feel frustrated inside those conversations. So I would say just protect your energy. Be really mindful of who you are talking about money with. And if it's somebody like you your partner, I would really highly suggest just having an open, transparent conversation saying like, hey, I'm really trying to work on my money mindset. You know, is there something potentially like a code word that we could be using when I feel like we're starting to dip back into scarcity mindset? Usually people will be really open to this because it's something that's supportive of the other person. So I would be open to having those types of conversations if you notice that the people that you're spending time around the most are actually the ones that are starting to affect your own money mindset. So the next one is becoming a lot more intentional about the language you're using around money. This is such a big one. So catching yourself saying things like, oh, that's expensive or I can't afford that. When in reality, what this is, is it's not that you can't afford it. It's not that it is too expensive. It's that it's not your priority. And that's a much more empowered stance to take than saying that's too expensive. In me, in my mind, that's victim mindset. That's saying like, oh, that thing, that's out of reach. That's out of grasp for me. And you're deciding for yourself that you can't have it. When in reality, you're likely very resourceful. And if you really wanted that thing, you would fucking find a way to figure it out and make it happen. By saying things like, okay, yep, that is, let's say it's $300 and saying, you know what, 
that's just not a priority for me right now. It's not that it's too expensive. It's just that I'm not prioritizing it. Also, making sure that you are being really mindful of your language when you're talking about people with a lot of money, saying like, oh, I wouldn't do that if I had that amount of money or who even, you know, buys these types of things. Like, being aware of the judgments that we are passing on to other people because here's the thing is money is energy and money does not want to go where it feels like it's not welcome. So, if we are placing judgments, guilt, shame on other people, money's not going to feel comfortable there. It's not going to want to come to you. So being really, really mindful about the language that you're using around money can be so incredibly impactful. So if you've been listening to the podcast lately, you know we've been talking all things business, one of my absolute and all-time favorite topics. One of the things that I help my clients with the most is learning what is their responsibility in their business and what is somebody else's or what they're going to need help with. And a huge one with that is the legal side of your business. So, okay, before you you make that face with the emoji that's like, ooh, don't worry, I have a solution for you. So for me, when I work with clients, it's really important that we are protected on both sides. Having contracts in place might sound scary, but I promise you it is actually such a good thing to have in your business. So for me, contracts really provide an energetic exchange of energy. It's saying, okay, I'm here. I'm going to show up for you as the coach, as the provider. I'm going to hold you to this standard. You said you stated you want this thing you want this change in your business with brain rewiring whatever it is you know it's energetically holding that client to the standard and on the other side for the client that's accountability for them it means wow okay this is a real thing this is serious this is something that i really want to show up for so if you're a business owner and you're working with clients i would highly recommend having contracts between you there are different types of contracts for one-on-one for group programs for doing things like affiliate markets so making sure that you have the right contract in place is super important and for me i had no idea what to do for this at first i thought that i could totally just copy paste from google and it would be just all fine yeah don't do that it's it's not all fine and those contracts would never hold up if you ever needed them to so for me the solution that i found and i've been so happy that i did her name is sam vanderweelen she's a lawyer and she helps business coaches nutrition coaches, health coaches, climbing coaches, any type of coach, by providing us with legal templates that we can use with our clients. You get to customize them to your business so that they're actually going to stand up in court if you were to ever need them. I bought her ultimate bundle, so it has not only the contracts in there, but it also has privacy policy, terms and conditions for websites, disclaimers, all of the things, all of the legal foundations that you need in your business. So if you're interested in learning how to legally protect your business, I highly recommend Sam's free workshop. I'm going to link it in the show notes. For me, this is what I went through and started realizing like, okay, yeah, I can't turn a blind eye to this anymore. I actually need to take the step in my business, make sure that I'm protected. So I'll link the first five steps to legally protecting and growing your online business in the show notes. And you can start to learn from Sam why this is so important 
And if you're interested in more of her products, I'll also link to the Ultimate Bundle, which I mentioned, which is, again, all of those legal contracts, the disclaimer, the privacy policy, all in one place for you. That way, your business can be legally protected and you can know beyond a doubt that you're doing things the right way. Okay, the next one is actually looking at, yes, you've got to look at the numbers, looking at and getting involved in your financing. So quit pretending like they don't exist. I know I did this for a super long time. I was like, ah, if I just don't look at my bank account, you know, maybe maybe something will change. It's kind of like you keep checking in the food for fridge, even though you haven't gone grocery shopping, expecting things to change. Like I kept looking at my bank account, you know, it was like once a month and being like, wow, why is there still no money in there? This is crazy. When I was doing nothing on my end, to change or to fix that situation, not not like physically or energetically. I wasn't doing anything to even improve that situation. So I would say in this, if you have a hard time looking at your bank account, just start looking at it. Maybe you set a reminder on your phone to look in once a week. And while you're doing that, the point of this is not to be shaming, guilting yourself, making yourself feel bad. It's just to get used to looking at it. And once you really start to understand that money is just energy, I think it can actually start to take a lot of pressure and stress off of the numbers. The numbers themselves don't really matter because, you know, what's a ton for one person might actually be very little for another person. So the numbers themselves don't matter. It's really just the energy behind it. So the next one actually kind of goes with this last one, And it's learning more about money. So the more that you learn about it, the more that you really take control of your own finances and start to do some of this. I don't even want to say research, but once you start to learn more of this information for yourself, the less scary it's going to seem. Everything seems hard before you learn how to do it. You know, walking when you were a baby seemed impossible, but that's just because you didn't know how. Think about rock climbing. You know, if you're a climber, like how difficult it seemed when you were just starting and you had no idea how to do it. And then you do it for a while and you're like, yeah, that's not that bad, actually. It's a skill set just like anything else. So things like investments, I think that's really important to learn about. Retirement is another really big one. I think that freaks people out. So the more that you learn about these topics, the more that you really take control, learning about things like interest and credit cards, like you don't know, you don't have to do all of these things, but having a general baseline knowledge, I think can be really, really helpful. A site that I've really liked for this and that actually teaches me a lot about money is called Elevest. So it is by women for women. It's their tagline is investing made easy, but they do one-on-one coaching. They like they can walk you through investments. I've actually learned a ton through this website. It's E-L-L-E-V-E-S-T. And I'll link it in the show notes as well if you want to go ahead and play around on their website. Again, I have found it to be a really helpful resource when I'm in kind of like this world of, I I mean, at the beginning, I was like, I have no idea what's happening with any of these things. I don't even know what those terms mean. And I've actually started to learn a lot more, which has been and felt really, really empowering to me. So the next one I want to talk about is, I mean, you knew it was coming. It's brain rewiring. Like, holy shit. Yep. I know my entire life changed after brain rewiring. I think I say it up just about every podcast episode, but The more tangibles of the brain rewiring is I actually was able to explore what I thought about people who had money. I was able to explore my own personal limiting beliefs that I was holding around money. 
believe me, there were a lot of them. I thought that if I had money, I couldn't be trusted with it. I would just lose it right away. I thought that if I had money, somebody would take it from me. These, I don't even know where these stories came from. Most of them, some of them I can identify the root, but I was able to rewire these negative pathways and finally start to believe that I deserved more money and I deserve to be compensated for my gifts and my skills. So what I was able to do through the rewiring process is really improve my self-worth. And when my self-worth went up, so did essentially my net worth because I started charging an appropriate amount for my services. I wasn't undercharging anymore. And because of that, I actually over-delivered to my clients and got them better results. So brain rewiring was a really huge one in the path to starting to heal my relationship with money. One of my biggest affirmations through the brain rewiring process is the one of the main ones that I went in with was thinking that I had to work more to make more. That was something that was really stuck with me. It was modeled to me as a child that, oh, the more successful you want to be, great, you've got to work more. And I really, you know, wanted to find a different way of doing things. There are a finite number of hours in the day, you know, at a certain point, if you want to grow and scale your business, you can't just keep working more. Like it's just, it's, you're going to hit this point where you run out of hours in the day and you're probably going to be overworked, overwhelmed and burnt out. So I went in with really wanting to rewire this and the affirmation that I used, the brain pathway that I replaced this with was the less I work, the more I make. And it came true. It is true to this day. The less I work, the more I make because the work that I'm doing is super potent, super impactful, and it actually reaches more people than just trying to work more to work more. So brain rewiring has been absolutely crucial in this process. Another one that has been super important for me is actually working on my relationship with my divine feminine energy. So starting to embody divine feminine energy, all about rest and receiving. So this is such a big thing. I talk to every single client of mine about this. I mean, this has not not come up in my group programs. Like this is the theme of everything. Most women need to know how to rest more. And I'm not saying that all women have a feminine core. What I am saying is that society has conditioned us to work, 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 do, do, do all the time. And a lot of us are actually just not designed and not built that way. And we are going against our innate ability to receive while we rest. So when I talk about things like receiving, I'm not just talking about money or finances because the thing is, the way we do one thing is the way we will do everything. So if you are actively restricting your ability to receive in, let's say, a relationship, that's going to be affecting the way that you receive financially. That's going to be affecting the way that you receive compliments literally everything. So once you actually start to sit down and ask yourself, where do I struggle to receive? Do I struggle with people paying me fairly for my services? Do I struggle to charge? Do I struggle with my partner doing things for me, with people doing things for me without feeling guilty? Do I struggle to take compliments? These are all interrelated. So the more that you work on receiving and starting to really step into and embody your divine feminine, the easier it will be. So the next one is going to be shadow work. Um, you know, by now I love my shadow work. It's it's like a love-hate relationship because it's like kind of deeply painful, but it's also super enlightening. And it feels really good once you're able to integrate those parts of your shadow that you kind of thought that you had pushed under the rug forever. You thought maybe nobody would ever notice and turns out it like comes back to bite you in the ass. 
So for me, I was really able to explore this shadow side of myself that really wanted more. I kind of had always like shoved this under the rug as like, oh my God, it's not good to want more. It's not good to want more power, you know, influence. It's not good to want more money. All of these things are bad. So once I actually started to explore the roots of those and where they came from for me, and with shadow work, you can do things like meditations, you can do journal prompts. There's there's a tons of different ways to do shadow work. And once I actually started to integrate these parts into myself and accept that, that that's part of my DNA, that's part of my makeup is to be ambitious and to really want to bring about change in the world, I was like, oh my God, I see it through an entirely different light now. And these don't have to be inherently bad things. So I would highly recommend doing some shadow work if this is something that you feel called to, to really explore things like greed, jealousy, envy, guilt, shame around money. The next one that I found really, really impactful is working on becoming a more powerful manifester. So working to align my own personal frequency and vibration with that of abundance, with that of money. So a big way that I did this was through brain rewiring, but also through meditation. We're going to be talking about this a pretty decent amount inside Expand, the 22-day free meditation challenge. Again, link for that will be in the show notes. I worked a lot on visualizations, visualizing, you know, if I had X amount of money, let's say if I made seven figures in my business, that's one of my goals, what would my day look like? What would I be doing from the moment that my feet hit the ground to the moment that my head hits the pillow at night? What does my life look like? Who supports me? What ways am I allowed to stay in my zone of genius and to be in creative flow? Another way that I worked on becoming a more powerful manifester is sending energy to different places to attract in what I want. And what I mean by this is when I'm in something like a meditation, actually thinking of, okay, what are the things that are potential places to draw in money for myself? So those are things like my offers. It could be Instagram. It could be the podcast and literally sending energy to it. For me, I visualize it like a big ball of like white and gold sparkly light energizing that to become more magnetic so that it has more reach so that more people can potentially find it. I also worked on becoming a magnet. Money loves me. And the way that I did that is the more that I am my true, authentic, aligned self, the higher my frequency and vibration is, the easier it is for money to find me because we are of the same frequency. So just reminding yourself, I mean, and this is, again, why shadow work is super important is because the more that you integrate those shadow parts of yourself, the more that you will start to embody your authentic self. I also (laughs) wrote down here, money loves me. Like, I literally repeated that so many times. I was like, yep, money loves me. I'm a money magnet. Like, some of these, you know, you don't have to do all of these separately. They can really go hand in hand with each other. So I want to talk about the last one, which is probably one of the most important ones, which is energy work. So most all of these could actually be considered energy work, but I wanted to talk about something that came up for me specifically when I think about my relationship with money, and this was a friggin' big game changer for me, is my main focus for wanting more money, and I didn't come to realize this until I started to dive into some of these deeper things, was that the reason that I wanted more money is because I didn't feel safe. Because I had such a strained relationship with money, I had essentially tied this feeling of safety up into this external thing that was money. Enough, never felt like enough, 
because I was trying to get money to like cover up that wound for me. I realized that I had these feelings and it was like, it made me feel really vulnerable. It made me feel really open. I was like, oh my God, it's never going to feel like enough, is it? No matter what amount of money I have, it's never going to feel like I have that safety that I'm looking for. And this could be, you know, emotional safety, physical safety. Like there's so many different ways that this comes up. But for me, it felt like this like physical unrest. Like I couldn't fully relax inside my life, inside my business, because this thing was kind of always running in the background. So creating more feelings of safety inside myself was super important. And I did this through things like energy healing, trauma healing was really important, meditation, and trying to bring these feelings of safety more back into my body, trying to create those feelings of safety for myself. And again, I can use some of these different tools to implement that, like journaling. Again, meditation is a really big one. And working with coaches and mentors that can reflect back to you what you're saying. That's such a big one as well as I probably wouldn't have noticed like, holy shit, that's actually my quote problem unless I had talked to somebody about it. So that can be a really, really big one. So I kind of just shared that feelings of safety were really tied up into my negative money mindset. Maybe that's similar for you. Maybe it's something else, but I would really highly recommend trying to get to the root of whatever it is you think is causing your negative money mindset and understanding too, it might not just be your feelings. This could be other people's feelings. If you are somebody that really tends to absorb other people's feelings, um, especially those that are closest to you, this could be passed down generationally as well. You know, maybe if your parents, your grandparents really struggled with money or finances, then they might have passed that down to you, even though maybe you don't have any, quote, reason to really feel all this fear, guilt, and shame around money. So I'd really highly recommend looking into that, doing something like cord cutting around this so that you can actually start to free up a little bit of your mind space and start to really take back some of this power. So these are just 11 things that have really helped me on my journey to healing my relationship with money, things that are just very top of mind for me. Again, we have journaling, affirmations, being really intentional about the language that you use around money, and stop talking about money with people who have a negative money mindset, looking at and getting involved in your finances, learning more about money, brain rewiring, working on your relationship with your feminine energy and receiving things like shadow work, working on becoming a more powerful manifester, and working on your energy as well, really trying to find those root causes of what is causing this relationship that I have with money currently. So I really hope that you loved this. This is a really fun episode for me to record and just to be able to talk about money more. If you're here, I really appreciate you being here for this conversation, being open to this and I mean, really working on healing your shit. Honestly, I know it's not easy and it can be deeply uncomfortable, but I believe that on the other side, it is extremely expansive and it's going to give us so much more empowerment, so much more confidence, courage than we ever could have imagined. 
So if you have not yet left a rating and review for the podcast, please go ahead and do so. If you loved this episode, be sure to tag me on Instagram. I'm at ladybeta.coaching. I'd love to see what you learned from this episode, what resonates with you, and I'm so excited to talk to you next episode. Thank you.